Welcome to His Church Owensboro Podcast. We are so excited about what God is doing in your life, and we would love to hear from you. Visit us at hischurch.cc and let us know about all of the things that God is doing in your life. If you have been blessed by this podcast and would consider supporting us financially, please visit hischurch.cc and click on Give to see the many options available. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message blesses you. All right, since you're standing, let's do what I love to do, what you love to do. Let's remain standing. Let's pray. Want to welcome Dumas, Texas, my hometown. I know they're getting after it this morning. We're getting after it this morning. Before we pray, I'm going to say this. Worship team, you wrecked me. I'm over here weeping and blubbering and crying. and I'm not a real emotional guy, but how many know when God touches your life? We're not trying to fake this, put on, religious show. No, this is for God, and it's real. And when something's real, it hits the core of who you are. And I was getting hit this morning. And so I'm like, I got to pull it together. And then I said, no, I don't. Because the the last thing you want to do is try to put yourself together when God's trying to break through in your life. So let's pray this morning. Father, I thank you for these precious people here in Owensboro, Kentucky, my friends and family in Dumas, Texas. We join together with God this morning, and we thank you, Lord, that experience is personal, that experience is real, that experience is undeniable, and that experience is for everyone here so we may receive what you have for us and that we can go out of this place and give some of it. So thank you, God, for being who you are. And we pray this. We're thankful you're God, and we're not. And so we're going to pray like that and live like that and receive like that this morning. If you believe that, come on, shout Kentucky. Shout Texas. Amen. All right, you may be seated. Once again, it is a privilege, a blessing to be here in his church, in his house, and we're here. If you're new... If you are uh, been here a long time or if you're just kind of trying things out, listen, this is a solid church. This is a Bible church. This is a spirit-filled church. And even getting a little more specific, this is a church that our founding pastors, our, our lead pastors, Pastor Brian and Jesse, have gone to the front line and have said, we're standing up for our faith, for our families, and for our freedom in this country. And I know that makes some people uncomfortable, and that makes some people uneasy, but I thank God for our pastors, and I thank God for you, for all of us taking a stand in Jesus' name, because if we don't stand, we shall surely fall, and there has already been a falling away, but we're not falling away. And it's not that it's in and of ourself, but by the grace of God, we're going to keep going. We might see people peel off to the left and to the right. People fall. People do things. But we got to keep going because we're going somewhere. And that somewhere is to continue to do God's will for us and our families, but also to reach and save the lost and bring the hurting, the dying, the people who need us. We don't have time to play religion when people need a relationship with Jesus. Oh, welcome to church, everybody. No, I just believe that we ought to be real about our faith and what's going on in our life. And I know right now there are struggles happening in you that's real. I know there are difficulties in your life. It's real. 
and things that you don't know what to do, how you're going to do it, figure it out, spin it out, make it happen. But all we need to know is this. We don't have to know what to do, but we need to know who knows what to do and put our life in his hands. Take every day, not just Sunday. Sunday's a good day, but take every day and say, God, like I prayed earlier, you're God, I'm not. I am your child, you're my father. I am your servant, you're the one, my master. And as we relate to God in a relational way, in a holy way, then God's gonna move in our life like never before. Listen, these last days that we're living in, these times that we see around us of craziness and chaos, man, it has been like this throughout history. And different nations and different people have experienced it. But the people of God, we are not to be moved by outer things. We are not to be shaken by the things of this world. But we're to have an eternal belief. And that eternal belief secures us in this temporary life. And so I'm not too concerned about my notes. I do have some message notes here, but I just want to be real with you this morning. I want to impart to you this morning because I know that there are things that you need to hear beyond what I'm saying. The Spirit of God may trigger something in your life. Real quick on my background, I have, I've worked in the area of theology, but also mental health. How many of you got some mental health issues? Let me look around here. Thank you in the back, all right. We all have mental health issues. My mother, uh, who wasn't able to raise me because of mental health, this is going way back in time in the 70s, was in and out of mental institutions. She struggled, they medicated her, she went through therapy, all these kind of things. Even as a young child, she wouldn't even care for me. The rest of my family had to care for me. She would even push me down when I would reach out and I, didn't, I don't remember, this is what they told me. I'd go to her, my mom because she's my mom and she'd push me down because of mental health. So that really intrigued me to go to school and college and to seek mental health. What is this all about? And that's been great, and that's been a part of my life, and I've done a lot of work in that area, but also the spiritual life. Because no matter what your issues are mentally, physically, no matter how you've been abused, no matter what you've gone through, once the God starts working in your life, that's whenever not only healing occurs, but restoration occurs, and even better than that, transformation occurs so that you are somebody not based on your past, but you're somebody based on redemption. Redemption's a big Bible word that says Jesus. Come on, let me get Texas on you. Jesus is a big deal, and he's done a big work, and he's provided for everything you need. He's got enough for you and for things for you to share with other people. So in, in my background and in my life, I've experienced these things, this real God working in my life. And so to bring it to the message for this morning that I believe God's given me, I'm gonna use the illustration of river. Well, Pastor, we've never heard anything about a river at this church. This is new information. I know you probably heard things about river and the rivers, but this is fresh in my heart, so I want to deliver to you the word of the Lord. Because the river of God is what we all need in our life. The river of God, when it's flowing, it produces things that will not be produced in your life without 
yielding and being filled and allowing the flow of the Spirit of God in you. You could be in church, you can read your Bible, you can pay your tithe, you can do a lot of good things, important things, but unless you let the dams break, because how many know there's some dams that get set up? Come on, we're not called to that damn religion, we're called to a relationship with God. And so we're gonna address the issues of dams in our hearts. And once we identify, how many know you can't identify, you can't eliminate what you do not identify. But once you identify it, you can eliminate it. So let's just check ourselves out, see if there's some dams in there, just like little beavers, little demons and wrong thoughts and ideas, opinions and philosophies begin to build up dams. Before we know it, we're like, um, I'm not doing so well. Let the dams break. Let the river flow. Has nothing to do with God. Come on, religion says it's all about God unless God does something. No, no, God's done everything so we could have everything. God is ready to perform his word. God is moving, we gotta move with him. So when it comes to the rivers of God, obviously we have the Ohio River here. How many of you have been concerning the Ohio River here in uh, Kentucky and for Dumas? Let's just visualize the Canadian River. Come on, guys, you know what I'm talking about. You gotta, you gotta imagine a little more there. But the Ohio River, is, it, it, it's functional. It has all these functions. It produces so many things. And I know all of you have probably been to Maysville, Kentucky here in the last few days, right? Maysville. Is that my saying it right? It's a real place. And it has one of the, it has the largest hydroelectric plant on the Ohio River. It's right in Kentucky, heading towards Cincinnati, but it's in Kentucky. And that electric, hydroelectric plant produces electricity. Now, any science nerds? I just like science. Because science, it confirms what Bible truth reveals. Science is not separate from the the Bible. Rather, science, that's why science is ever changing, because sometimes scientists think they got it right, but the truth of God's word's always right. So science confirms things. We're able to have knowledge, scientific knowledge, to confirm things and use things and harness things. So hydroelectricity, so to be able to use the water and to be able to, perf- be able to produce electricity. So I got to studying about this. I won't bore you too much, but it's, it's crazy how the move of the water, the momentum of the water on the Ohio River that flows into, I guess specifically it'd be uh, the, the blades that turn the generator that produces the electricity. It's a process, but it comes from the moving of the water. Not stagnant water, but a river water, flowing water. And because of that, we can have electricity. Well, I heard in my spirit as I was thinking about that nerdy scientific thought that in the spirit, we have to allow the river to flow, the river to move, so that what can be produced in us is all of the spiritual things that God has for us. Come on, we live in this world, we're thinking pandemic, we're thinking chaos, we're thinking government problems, all these problems around us, and we're focused on those things rather than focusing on the promise of the Spirit. 
That's what Jesus called the river of God. He says, this is the promise of the Spirit. Now, guys, I'm going to throw some of these scriptures around because I don't have time to kind of go real over all of them. But Jesus said this. I just want to say it. I believe the way Jesus said it. In John chapter 7, I believe, 37 through 39, Jesus stood up at a religious festival. Jesus went to, to traditional church. Of course, it was a synagogue. And he came up there and said, if anyone is thirsty... I'm sure they're going, did you hear what he said? And they're thinking, what's, he, what's this crazy guy from Galilee, from Nazareth, what's he doing now? And then he went on to say, let him come to me and drink. Okay, he's lost his mind. Hey, let's get the Romans in on this. He needs some, we need to get him out of here. He's, 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 he's disrupting our religious festival and our activities that we're doing. And then he went on to say, he that believes on me, as the scripture says, out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Rivers of living water. So Jesus gave a promise to the Jew first, but then all of us Gentiles get in on this. And he was speaking about today in Owensboro. He was speaking about the future and when the new covenant was established, how we could have the river that becomes the rivers. I'm kind of nerdy about Bible study too. I believe you ought to look at it closely and make sure it's accurate, make sure it's in context, make sure it, it fits the Bible and don't get goofy and crazy with one or two scriptures. So in context, it doesn't even say river. It says rivers. So the rivers of God, the river of God produces rivers of God in our life. What kind of rivers? What kind of rivers you need? Well, I'm, I'm kind of going through some things. Every problem that we have in life, there is a promise from God's word and a spiritual flow, that a momentum that the devil can't handle. And that momentum of the river of God will turn into rivers in your life and produce exactly all the power, all of the potential, and all of the promises of God in and for your life. <laughs> Isaiah prophesied concerning the river. See, I like to take God at his word. I don't know if you ever heard this statement, but it's a good one worth remembering. The Bible is not powerful unless it is personal. You gotta personalize the scriptures. And I, when I read the scriptures, I'm like, you're talking to me? And I hear the voice of the Lord, not audibly, but as I'm reading the word, I'm talking to you. And so when we read the Bible personally, even the Old Testament prophecies, we come up with things like Isaiah 43, verses 18 and 19. It says, do not remember the former things. Let me go psychology just for a moment, a little mental health here. One of the worst thing you can do is to continue to rehearse the abuse you've experienced in your life. You say, but I can't help it. Listen, I know it's a struggle. I'm not saying you can just put a magic wand over it and never have a battle. The battle is in the mind, but what we gotta do is learn to deal with that thing and, and not rehearse it or not allow it to play on the theater of our minds. 
Do something about shutting it down. Do something about battling it out. And so whenever these evil thoughts, these toxic thoughts, these bad thoughts of your abuse, of your circumstance come against you, remember these words. For the Lord says, do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. The past needs to be the past, so the future can be the future. There are good things in the past, there are bad things in the past. Just make sure you only take the good things into your future, because God has not given you permission because he loves you. He doesn't want you to take those abusive things, those horrific things, those things that brought you down, those addictive things. He doesn't want you to take your past into your future, but he wants you to take the promises that he's given in the past, the redemption he's provided for in the past, and he wants to, you to bring that into your future. Amen. Behold, I will do a new thing, Isaiah 43, 19 says, and it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? Come on, I've been in church a long time. Before I, I was in church, uh, I, I had suffered many things, not that my suffering was any worse than you guys, but in my family, in, in my situation, I was on my way literally to jail, juvenile jail, and all of that, but God saved me. And I grew up from 13 on through high school at a boy's home, a ranch, a boy's ranch in the Texas Panhandle. And it was there that I learned how to rodeo, <laughs> I learned how to work hard, but most of all, I met Jesus. And I learned about some of these spiritual things that I still hold in my life. And so when it comes to all those former things, those evil things, those things that were about my past, I knew that it was my responsibility. See, faith, faith is a gift from God. You all have faith. If I could get up in your face right now, hopefully my breath wouldn't be too bad. But I would say this to you up close and personal. Dumas, you know this. God's given you a faith. Faith that's in you is activated through you when you take his word and rehearse it. Practice it, speak it, let it do its work. And so as we do those things, God begins to trigger and release things. I use that word trigger because that's a psychological word. Yeah, well, that's triggering me, you're triggering me. How many know it's time to get triggered by some faith in God's word? Well, I, that word you just said, that word you just said, because of what I went through, it triggered something in me. It's time for us to say, yeah, that might have been true about my past, but right now I got some promises concerning my future, and I'm triggered by the word of God. You just triggered faith in me. You're helping me with the trigger of God's word. I'm trying to get through some scripture here. The Lord says, shall you not know it? It springs forth not because of what God has done, but because of what God's provided. But the way it springs forth and becomes manifested in our life is through our faith reaching, let me give you a theological term here that's so good. Our faith is to be used to reach out and receive what grace has provided. 
Just like you reach up and say, I'll take this over here, put it in my basket. I'll take that since it's free. I'll take this since it's got my name on it. Faith reaches out and receives what grace has provided. So it springs forth as God provides as we reach up and receive it. And the prophet went on to say this, shall you not know it? In church, a lot of people, among Christians, a lot of people don't know about certain things that are for them, certain things that God wants to give to them, wants to be seen in their life because they don't know it, but we're gonna know it. And here's what God, the way that God illustrates this. He says, I will make a road in the wilderness and I will make rivers in the desert. Listen, I live in West Texas, obviously. And in West Texas, I know y'all can make fun of all that you see on the outside. Come on, Kentucky, you got it going on, beautiful on the outside. I know it, it's beautiful. It rains here, you got vegetation because whatever water touches brings life. I agree, I agree, I agree. But I don't feel sorry for myself being from West Texas because of this. Yes, on the outside, I love to see the beauty on the outside, but it's what's on the inside that counts the most. And so we have right under our ground in West Texas, one of the largest underwater aquifer in all of the world, stretches from the Texas Panhandle up to Nebraska, and you drill down, and you're gonna get some water in West Texas. <laughs> so we have water, we just have to pull it up, and in the same way as a Christian, there's things in you that are not surface. I mean, I know we as Christians, especially American Christians, we've been missionaries. We like things to be served to us. Oh, thank you very much. I think I will have one of those spiritual adurbs. But sometimes you gotta get your hands dirty. You gotta dig and sweat a little bit. I'm not talking about by works, but I'm talking about some effort and passion for the things of God. And as you dig and don't quit, you're gonna not only hit Talking about West Texas now, not only is there water down there, we got some oil down there. We got some natural gas up in there. And we've got all kinds of things, but we gotta dig for it in West Texas. So spiritual application here, we gotta be willing to dig. We gotta be willing to put some effort and some focus in the things that are going on around us. I could not be more thankful for Owensboro because I know we're different campuses and we are the same church, but this is the campus that has given so much and has done so much. And so you feel it more than all of us, but I wanna know what you've done affects all of the campuses. What pastor has led us into and what you guys continue to do, I'm telling you, you can't stop the move of God in these future days for Owensboro, Kentucky. You need to know where to go, come to Owensboro, Kentucky. Come to Henderson, come to this. But I'm specifically talking about this campus right here. This is where, God, we've given out so much. And whatever you sow, you're gonna reap. Wherever you dug, you're gonna pull something up. And so we're thankful. By the way, big shout out to anyone here in the coal industry, oil and gas. And I know I'm talking about hydro and, and, and all those different kind of uh, solutions to energy, but there's nothing like coal and there's nothing like oil and gas. Just saying, I don't know if that makes you mad or happy, just saying it, all right. 
So let's move on here about this river flowing in our life, this momentum. Let me kind of land this and hopefully give you something to walk away with this morning that will affect your life. So this river produces all the joy we need, all the peace we need, all the strength we need, all the direction we need. But the devil, as I spoke earlier, he tries to build up dams. And those dams are, are under construction when you give him a permit a building permit. The scripture says, give no building permit to the enemy. Specifically, it says, give no place to the devil. Because where you give him place, you can't experience God's grace. But where you give the devil no place, you have full grace. And grace is the empowerment of God to have everything you need in full supply. So the enemy is gonna try to do what he always has done, and build up dams because he wants to prevent the move of God in your life. And studying psychology and the Bible together, I I really, this is deep in in my heart, and that's this. Most of the battle, most of the fight is right here in the mind. Because although your spirit is born again and you're spiritually united with God and all of the, the revelation is right there, if, if it doesn't process through your mind, it will not affect your life. As you think in your heart, so are you. As you believe, so you'll be. You believe you're defeated, you're doing faith in reverse. Negative, all these things, it affects your life. And so what we've gotta do this morning before we leave here is recognize maybe the place and the construction of the dam that has been built up in our life. And I wanna share with you these few, these dams. There are more dams, but let me share with you a few of them. The first one is the dam of deception. The dam of deception. Can we say the dam? In- well, we're- dam of deception, like the dam. And it is damnable because it is something that, that puts up in our life. And here's how Christians do it. And I'm not just talking about you, I'm talking about me and all of us. Whenever we're deceived, first of all, We don't even know we are deceived. That's the whole point. I don't know. And so we look at the dam in our life and we go, what's the problem? Everyone else is doing it. It's how my culture thinks. It's it's how uh, people in the church act and live. It's the dam of deception. But that dam of deception will keep the momentum and the power from producing truth in your life. Truth is so important. We live in a society right now where people have learned this. Now, I'm a little bit older than some of you, but not as old as all of you, but I never thought I'd live in a country where people would say, well, I just identify as this. What's that word your grandma used to say? Cornwall Jackson. (laughs) I don't even know who that is. But her, her, her granny would say, well, Cornwall Jackson. What kind of crazy nonsense is that, that you can identify, well, this is how I identify. And I began to study that, not just in the Bible, but study it in in, in understanding of psychology and mental health, and I began to realize, okay, I get it now. I understand this based on the Word of God. People are identifying by what they feel. And those feelings are real. People are identifying by what they believe. And those beliefs are real. 
So I understand now they're just doing their faith in reverse. And so they're reversing into something that God hasn't given for them. So especially among the young adults and teenagers, be careful not to just blast them away and say, Cornwall Jackson, and just shoot at them with your truth. Think for a moment why. They've been trained that way. It's been modeled that way. So they've learned to identify with feelings, with emotions, with pop culture, with woke ideology, and all those things. And rather than identifying with the truth. So we have to help our young adults and help all of us to begin to counteract the deception with the truth. And here's how I found deception that works in people's life. People are deceived because they're not immunized with the truth. Have you received your vaccination recently? I'm talking about the vaccination and, and being immune from deception with truth. Put some truth. So you need to come in a church. Pastor, can you give me a booster shot, please? I need a booster shot of truth. It's true. We all need it. You say, oh, do I just get this one shot one time? Not if you want to keep from deception, because deception is the worst virus of them all. It's not just viral physically, but it's viral spiritually. And the pandemic of fear and phobias and has really jacked up our, our, our country and the whole world. And so we gotta make sure we have the truth. And whenever we begin to get the truth in us more and more, we're gonna be immune. We're gonna be immune from some of these things that everyone else thinks and says and does. It doesn't mean we should act like we're better than other people, but what it does mean is we ought to be thankful for the truth that we have that has set us free, that is keeping us free, and we present the truth to other people. Do you believe that? Say amen if you believe that. We gotta bring that to people. All right, so, this truth that will override deception in our life is so very important. But there's another dam. It's the dam of depression. Depression. Depression depression's real. Depression has been experienced by everyone in here this week. All of us battle depression. Because this world is trying to depress you. And with that depression, you begin to feel in, deflated. You begin to feel insecure. You begin to feel worthless and helpless. And that's what depression does. So not only the dam of deception, but this dam called depression will work in our life if we give it a building permit and if we give place to the enemy. And once again, depression is always based on feelings and emotions triggered by things that you've experienced. All that is real. We're not denying the reality, we're defying the reality with truth. How many know David didn't come up in Goliath and say, um, I don't believe that you're really there. I don't believe that I'm denying that Goliath, do you see Goliath? Yeah, we see Goliath. I don't see Goliath. Come on, David wasn't insane and crazy. David saw the enemy and rather than denying the enemy and rather than being intimidated by the enemy, he defied the enemy. You come against me with what? You come against me with that? Oh no, heaven no. I come against you 
boom, chicka, rocka, chicka, rocka, chicka, boom. I'm coming against you with covenant. I got a relationship with God. I know you're looking at me, but I'm not looking at you. I'm looking through you. I'm looking through you to the God who created you, to the God who created what's beyond you, and to the God who said, no way, no how. Come on, say that with me. No way, no how that this enemy is going to overcome in my life. So depression is like Goliath. And you got to be willing to speak what you believe and not what you feel. Don't open your mouth and glorify the devil with fear talk. I know you feel it. Don't go with your feelings. Go with your faith. I know you're depressed. Don't, don't speak the devil's language and provide an atmosphere for the demonic when you can speak faith and the angels of God are all around. The Holy Spirit is right there with you. Faith activates a move of God. Fear activates a move of Satan. Let me close this here. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, I guess we'll get to the next dam in the next service. There's another one. But Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, be not conformed to this world. Be not conformed to this world. All of you have grown up in church. You've heard this over and over again. But consider this. Be not conformed to this world. How are you conformed to this world? By not doing anything but going in the direction everyone else is going by not doing anything but just being like everyone else. I'm only a human by just being human. Yeah, we're all human, and if you live based on your humanity, based on your intellect, based on uh, culture, opinions, we'll see how far that gets you. I'm telling you, it's not gonna get you to heaven, and it's not gonna get you some victory on the earth. So we have to learn to not be conformed. That Greek word, let me get nerdy for a moment. That Greek word for conform, it literally means to be molded. It means to be shaped. It means to be squeezed into a different image. How many of you played with some Play-Doh? Come on, don't be Play-Doh for the devil. Don't be Play-Doh for your circumstances. Don't be, I'm not Play-Dohing no more. Tell the enemy, I'm not gonna be your Play-Doh. And so the world tries to squeeze us because of what we went through, because of what the government says. I'm going to squeeze you. I'm going to squeeze you even by your close family and friends. Words hurt. Words can conform you. But Apostle Paul said this, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. Why didn't he not just say, but be conformed to the word of God? He didn't use that word. He said, be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. But why do you use that word transform? Well, it comes from another Greek word. And this Greek word is different. It comes from the word we get in English, metamorphosis. To be something brand new. To be something unique and special and powerful. So the word of God, the word of God transforms our life. The Word of God positions us the way we need to be so that we can have the move of God. So I guess I'm going to share more of this in the second service because I didn't get through everything, but I got through enough, I believe, for us to do this. Let's all stand and pray. I want to ask you for all those who just need to be asked, and I want to beg you 
for those who need to be begged because I'm not so prideful as not to beg you because I know what, what, what God is doing is so important, it's so urgent, it, it, it so will mark you one way or the other. I wanna mark you this morning. I don't know if you have a tattoo or not, but I wanna mark and tattoo this in a spiritual way upon your life, something permanent. And I believe it has to do with our desire for the things of God. And this desire will break the dams. Your passion for his presence will overcome the problems that you face right now. So let me just begin to pray and we'll see what God wants to do next. Father, I thank you for these men and women that stand here in Owensboro, Dumas, my family and tribe there, that right now we want to be marked. We want to be, have permanent marking of God and God's word and God's will for our life. So I thank you right now for everyone who's open that I ask you to open up and those others of you I beg you to open up. As you open up, you're opening up the dam. And as you open up the dam while you're there, go ahead and allow the dam to completely open up and break by the force of the Spirit of God. It's not up to God, it's up to you, it's up to me to believe and receive the flow of the Spirit of God, the move of the mighty river so that dams can break. So let me pray over you right now as you open up. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for these men and women. I pray beyond these men and women, to the teenagers, to the children, a part of our tribe, upon our campuses. I thank you. We will not be those Christians that are dammed up that are stopped up. We're gonna have a flow, we're gonna have momentum, we're gonna have movement and producing all the energy, the spiritual energy and power to face any pandemic of fear, any physical challenge, relational challenge, financial difficulties. We thank you the move of the Spirit of God is gonna move us past our problem and into our promised life. So I thank you right now in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit of God. I release not only this word, but I release this prayer out over them, out over Dumas. I, re I release this prayer right now to break down every dam, break down the dam of deception by the truth of God's word, break down the dam of depression because we are strong in the Lord. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And we break down the dam of defeat that says we're done and we're defeated. We declare, no, we are gonna live long, we're gonna live strong, we are going to fulfill the promised plan of God for our life. And if you see, if you believe that, come on, make some noise. Come on, move a little bit. Say, I believe it. I receive it. No dams in my life. Only the flow of the mighty river of God. Amen.